welcome to the Transatlantic Rants, episode 14. My name's Fraser, I'm over in Canada, and I'm joined by Jeremy in England. I don't know! <laughs> or, in, or in Scotland, I'm not sure. Hello. How are you today? I'm alright. Yeah, you had a good weekend? Yeah, it's been, goes quick, man, doesn't it? It does, it goes very quick. You literally get up, do something, and then it's literally evening. And it's also dark as well, man. It's really dark. I mean, you literally... You know you're doing this thing in the mornings where you're getting up, it's dark, you're coming home, it's dark. It's just like, what? Can't we, can't we get a scheme where the people that don't want to like have to get... Because there's this thing where, basically, in Scotland, they didn't want to uh, get up an hour earlier so that we'd have even more daylight because they said that their kids were taking their kids to school, it was dark and there were accidents and all sorts of stuff. And that's why we can't do sort of two hours going back to get even more daylight. And that's why we have darkness getting up, darkness when we come back. Yeah, well, such is our life. It's uh, yeah, typical winter. Uh, we're still light over here. I've got the five hours on you, so we're all right here. Still light, so it hasn't gone into depression mode yet. But it is cold. We had a bit of snow this morning, which was nice. I can hear you having a cu- sip of your tea there. Is that I mean, good? Well, there's a cup of coffee, actually. That just keeps oh. me waking up. Because we, for, for the listeners out there, we've decided to do this slightly later. So I'm, I'm already knackered. <laughs> so um, I'll try and stay with it. Yeah, well, we're going to be a right pair then because I had pulled something in my back the other day and I've been in absolute agony for the last couple of days barely able to move and then about an hour ago I found some extra strength painkillers in my closet I've taken a couple of those and now I feel like I should go clubbing so (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you the side effects of them are dry mouth possible drowsiness but I feel good are they codeine type stuff they do have codeine in them oh yeah yeah. that's the good stuff when I snapped my Achilles they gave me so many painkillers um and they, 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 one of the side effects, of course, is they stop you going for a shit, so you're chronically constipated. But you sort of feel numb to everything. It's kind of like the way ahead. You know. Yeah, I can only imagine. Can you imagine if we were married to a doctor, or we were doctors or something? I wouldn't make it past a few years being a doctor before I prescribed myself to death. <laughs> oh, I would, yeah. I'd be trying different things, <laughs> test them out. <laughs> It'd be like a Petri dish of various different concoctions. Chuck that in be. there. So, yeah, if it's not one thing, it's the other. I also just noticed, I listened back to the episode, last, the last episode, and I want to apologize to anyone. I can hear myself sniffing every five minutes because I was still getting over that cold. So apologies for that. So we had a few things that we we're going to talk about today. You have a BMW rant coming up. Oh, yes. I went, the, the, the Ricky Hatton fight was on last night, and I, unfortunately he lost in the seventh round. And I kind of feel that this has been my moment to come back in the ring. This is my, my, um, my zenith of rants. This is as, 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 as the, the biggest, most beautifully crafted rant that I feel like... Well, it's, it's building up now and it's going to be shit, but <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so dull. But it's, just a, it's a topic close to my heart of how much I hate any you fuckers in a BMW. So stay yep. tuned for that. So that one's coming up. Uh, you also wanted to talk about being part of Europe. Um, oh, so I'm not, yeah? Yeah, that's uh, going to take at least an hour as well. Okay, and then uh, one of the things that suddenly came up, we were chatting back and forth on email this week, is toilet habits at work, okay. which should be 
amusing. Okay, you there? Are you still with me? I'm still listening, mate. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. An echo, but um. Okay, and uh, we also uh, guy uh, Skull Duggerer was kind enough to uh, send us a topic: last gasps at youthfulness, which uh, could be interesting. Um, so we might come to that, and then we've got some film and games talk. That should round us out. We should hit the hour, no problem. Okay, so where should we start then? Uh, actually, one of the things that uh, I have been up to in the last week, well, that I was up to last week is I went to court, and I was telling you about that. In fact, we were sort of live uh, live discussions, because I was emailing you outside the courtroom before I went in, and then I emailed you when I got... I, I got uh, in an accident about a year ago, and uh, got charged with careless driving, um, it was just a, a fender bender. I just bumped into the guy in front of me, but unfortunately I got charged and given a ticket. Um, what I perceive as a rather hefty fine, about $500, and uh, points on my license. But one of the great things you can do in this country over here is you can contest anything in court. Uh, so you can take the uh, um, tickets to court and try and fight them. Uh, what generally happens is they see you turn up, they offer you a deal and say, well, will you take a lesser fine? Uh, so I thought I'd try that and see if I could just get rid of the points. And uh, I was very successful. I actually got rid of the points and got my fine reduced to $100. So, um, it, it? Yeah, it's not a rant against the uh, court system. It's a thumbs up for the court system here. Um, but the rant really for that comes with the fact that I hit this guy when we were driving along. It was stop and start traffic on the highway. And uh, I wasn't paying, you know, whatever. So I looked over my shoulder and uh, he stopped and I ran into him. And uh, we pulled over to the side and he got out and angrily slammed his door. But, you know, this stuff happens. And, uh, you know, we exchanged details. And before we could even, we sort of agreed between us, let's go to the accident reporting center, which was only up the road, and just register the accident. But before we could go, these tow trucks that hang around on the highways came and blocked us in, so we couldn't actually go. And we were saying, look, we don't want to tow, we don't want anything to do with you, we just want to get in our cars, and we just want to go to the accident reporting center. And they came up with every excuse to keep us there, and they were saying, oh, no, the police have been called. You have to stay. It's against the law if you leave the scene of the accident. We know the police are coming. And, of course, they're only doing that because they absolutely want to get your business and, and fleece you out of every bit of cash that you can. And uh, they wouldn't let us go. They wouldn't move, no matter how much we tried to argue with them. And then the police turned up and, and whatnot. And uh, I was prepared to drive my car and, and whatever. And the police said, no, you have to get a tow. And so I ended up getting fleeced by these guys for a few hundred dollars. So it just it burns me, those guys. I don't know how they get away with it. They just hang around waiting for some poor soul to have any sort of accident, and they will jump on you and fleece you out of all your money. And I have no idea how they're allowed to do that. They're absolute vultures, and they just sicken me. And every time I see them, I just want to get a rocket launcher and blow their trucks up. So I'm, I'm staggered that, that that happens. You see, in our country, you would have an accident and then wait three hours for a tow truck to turn up. They wouldn't just sort of be around. There'd be some bloke who'd come up, his trousers hanging out, his hairy ass, bagging his chops. It probably would charge you still a fortune to, to move your car or whatever. But um, you also wouldn't have a policeman that would come along either. So really, you'd just sort of exchange details, you know, and, and that'd be that. Whereas our court system, um, if you go to court and you contest it, 
against a police kind of like ticket and you lose, it's made even worse. They'll give you even a larger fine and uh, probably more points or something or other on, on there because they're just wankers. Um, yeah, and you'd have to pay the court costs. Yeah. Which here you don't have to do. So it's great here. I've contested tickets before and it's worked and I've had tickets reduced or tickets thrown out. Um, so it's well worth doing here. But uh, yeah, I, I suppose there's, you know, if there's going to be an upside to those tow truck drivers, they are there within 30 seconds. So if you absolutely need them, great. But man, they are vultures. Uh, I would have been so angry. I would have been, well, did you not want to get in your car and just sort of ram them off? Yeah, my car wouldn't really have stood a chance against them. Um, you know, but, uh, and even once, and the, and the police officer said, you know what, I don't want you to drive your car. And I'm like, all right, okay, even though I thought my car was fine, she's like, no, 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 you can't drive your car, so he has to tow you home. But he tried to fleece me out of even more money, saying I, I, I was out of the, the, uh, jurisdiction or whatever, out of the area that he covered, and so he was trying to get me to pay more. Anyway, she cottoned on to this, and the police officer said, you know, no, you're not going to charge him that. You charge him the flat rate that you're supposed to charge him, and give him that, you know, and 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 do right by him. So she was good. Oh, she, she was did good. that much then. Yeah, no, she was fine. She and she was at the. You've lost. I've lost you. Where are you? Hang on. Mate, there Let me a... know. When... Can you hear me now? Major lagging, mate. We'll just. I'll have to edit that out, and we'll just see how it goes. But uh, yeah, so the police officer was. Uh, she was very good, and she actually was there at the court as well, and she agreed. I met with a prosecutor, and he said, "Oh, we suggest we we recommend." Even he thought that he thought it was a bit crazy what uh, the ticket I'd been given, and uh, he talked to her and said, "You know, I'd like to reduce it to this," and she said, "Yeah, I have no problems with that." So you know, uh, thumbs up to the court system and to the police officer. They were great. Thumbs down to those uh, vultures in the tow trucks. So, anyway, but uh, yeah, that was that was what I did last week, and it was worth doing. Uh, yourself, I've done much. I finished the painting, the uh, and I've now been streaming off the doors. We, we I had the car, some carpets laid, and um, the guys came round when I wasn't here because I'm always working. My life has been working, which is the sad tale of every man out there who. Um, as kids, you sort of get in, you work, you handed a child, you know, that kind of deal. And um, anyway, they uh, they took all the doors off to fit the carpets, but they didn't actually put the doors back on or actually adjust the doors for the carpet. So I've spent this weekend cutting off um, what I thought was a bit of um, wood off the doors to try and make them fit. And unfortunately, when I was doing this, I ended up splitting some of the doors I spent so long painting. I painted these doors so many times because if anybody lyrically listens to this, I don't know what it is with uh, matte gloss, but it, 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 it's just a nightmare, stuff that drips. I mean, you, 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 it's, it's quite sneaky. You, you, you paint it, you go away, and you think, all right, I'll just come back, and then you just, just redo it a bit just to make sure the drips aren't there. You go away again, and then by the next morning there's drips everywhere, and the drips have, have hardened to rock by that point. So you have to sand them down and start the thing again, and then keep paint, repainting them. Anyway, so I had to redo these doors um, after sort of telling carpet right. Normally carpet are very good, you know. So if any of your legal team are out there, you're normally quite good, but you should actually mention that you don't do the doors when you do the carpets, because that's kind of like a major deal. So when I came back from the pristine room that I've spent months doing, and you haven't actually put the doors back on, then that's when I have to like go and then sort them out. So I've been putting doors back on 
Yeah, would it be their job, though, to cut... Do- did you have to cut the doors down then? Well, they, they have a special tool, mate, that they, they, they sort of can strim underneath and take off the, the you know, the, 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 the stuff that needs to come off. But they didn't. They just left the doors off. So I, I came home. I mean, my wife went up there to go and check their work, and she, she hadn't noticed that the doors weren't actually on there. There's two doors next to each other. Um, I don't know if she missed that, but bless her, she did. Um... So yeah, they'd just take them off. And do you know what they'd also done? They'd threaded all of the screws as well. So all of the screws that I had, which were all these gold screws to match with the gold stuff, they're all knackered because they'd hammered them out. And, I, and I'm not happy. You know, I'm, I'd, I'd rather, honestly, I wish there were the courses that you could go on where you could just learn some practical stuff. So anybody out there that wants to run a course for men to go and learn practical, like putting down carpets, doing such and such, because I'd rather do it myself. I'm sick of having to pay these fuckers and be grateful it, grateful for it when the stuff hasn't actually been done. You know, that's a, that's a yeah. half job in my mind. That's like, well, who's going who's gonna to put the doors on? So I rang up the carpet, right? And I said, you know, you I was very pleasant because I found that when I get really grumpy and aggressive with them, a surprise, surprise, it doesn't work very well. So I was very <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was pleasant to this this guy. I said, all right, sir. Well, I'll, I'll give you a call back in about 15 minutes and then I'll let you know what the situation is. But... Uh, by this point, I've gone onto their website, and it actually says in their contract, we will not put the doors on unless you actually, uh, you know, it's actually written in there, and then it will be additional extra charge. They don't mention this. So, 15 minutes later, I'm, I'm not there, I'm in some mean or other, I get a message on my phone, oh, I'm sorry, sir, but the, uh, the people that did the job weren't actually able to do the doors, and if you have a look, they did actually state on the contract that that wouldn't be part of the work. You might want to try the yellow pages. Goodbye. That was it. <laughs> That's where he left me with the yellow pages. So, um, yeah, I took them off. I've re-skimmed them. And then the, the horrible thing is that I'm up two flights of stairs. So I have to take these doors all the way up there. And I'm knocking all the bits of paint that I'd spent bloody weeks painting to get <laughs> doors up there. Banging them to the side. Smacking the ceiling with them. I put a dent in the ceiling now trying to get these doors back up. I get one door on. It's all right, the other one, the other one's scraping along. I mean, it's literally on the floor. So I, I, I've, I've got to have to redo that. So I've just had enough. Anybody out there, and you want to start a business, right, do practical stuff so that men know how to sort of change. I know, change stuff in a car. Changing a cam belt would be a really handy skill to know. Changing, um, I don't know, various different light fittings or whatever. Little handy courses so we don't have to rely on all these tradesmen who are shit. That's it. Well, I think you could probably find some courses. Couldn't you find something that local... The problem is, though, you're not going to do it, are you? Because it's at night. You've probably got to do a night course. And you can't go do the night course because you've got all these jobs to do. Exactly. So, it's just- and the other thing I hate, and this is the thing that gets me about whenever you're doing anything in your house, is that no matter what job you undertake, doing that job opens up two more jobs. Yes. That's what drives me insane. Do you know what happened, mate? I finished that room. The wife came up. She looked at it. It's all sort of pristine. And I, I, I mean, I'm looking at all the bodgy bits, but she's not noticing it, so that's good. And then she said, yeah, it's just that final little room downstairs that needs doing. And I'm like, what? The, the, the final little room. And I, I, I've just spent two months painting. I'm not doing any more paints, but we, <laughs> what we can do is just get that room out, and you can probably clear out that cupboard, because I'm kind of like a Melda Mar, because I've got two cupboards full of, like, clothes. Um, she only has one, bless her, and she's a woman, so work out that dynamic. Um, and, and, and she's already sort of eyeing up what, what's the next sort of like project. And I was just thinking, what happens to just lying on the sofa getting fat? I, I, you know, 
So yeah. Yeah, those days are gone now. You see, now you have a project manager in your house. Ah, oh, mate. I do. So, yeah, that's no good. No. All right, so let's uh, let's pick a topic. I think we should get you into your BMW rant. Yeah? I think so. Okay. Cause you, uh, so you emailed me the other day or told me that you got cut up by a BMW. Is that a good place to start? It is. It is. I mean, you know, I was mentioning earlier, this has kind of been like a, a rant that's been so long coming. I might have touched upon it in... in in episodes gone by, but for me, uh, the BMW driver uh, ran is, is is the ultimate. Really, it's it's my hatred of the BMW driver knows no bounds. There is no bounds to this. They say that in, in every stereotype, there's a tiny piece of truth. Um, and when I suppose when Ford first invented the the, the automobile, um, and like with the same truth that only bald men and those over 50 sort of drive convertibles, and I suppose blonde girls with, with problems holding down relationships as well, um, that a development, or no, no, a, a regression happened in driving took place, and that is the BMW driver. These Neanderthals, the missing link, or the boys at school that were either, you know, the ones that were either giving you a wedgie or the ones that had acne or grew a moustache or whatever, um, came to think that the overtaking lane was theirs to own. And... Uh, these these fucks, they're normally found in the cheapest BMW, you know, the, the 3 Series kind of like shitty, cheap one that you can get, patrolling the motors and roads, you know, their elbows on the windowsill, thinking that they're like their German engineering is a statement. Well, your statement, you fucks, in your cheap press shirts and your short back and sides and your fucking pinky ring sat on your fat little digits... That, you know, those sort of little digits that they, they, they fingered Sharon, the girl on the corner, who they made cry while telling all their two mates in the world what they'd done. Those kind of like sad, twatty um, printer salesmen that, that, that drive these shitty cars. Um, yeah, sort of like had a massive run in with one of these guys. And it's a typical situation. You know, you're driving 10 miles over the speed limit. You're in the sort of like, you know, the second lane, the fast lane. Um, doing it, you, you do. I was with my, my wife and young kid when I immediately one of these mothers came out and started tailgating me. Um, and this is like, the, I suppose, the zenith, the, 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 the top of the, the, the shit pile, which is the BMW driver, the small hamster dick fucks that they are. And that's the M3 driver. Um, and he just started tailgating me massively. He was probably about foot, two foot away from my bumper wanting me to move over so i stayed there and i thought because there's another four or five cars in front of me mate. so what you're going to do is you're going to force me to move over so that you can then tailgate somebody else and force them over so i, I stayed there and then it got to the point you know when i'm thinking look i've got my wife I've got my son i'm trying to like balance out so i think <sighs> so i pull over to the left to let him by and as he goes by i give him what you'd normally do which is the kind of normal um, communication that you give BMW drivers, which is you're a fucking wanker as you as you move past. That's it. Then he's like, he's literally tries to like swerve at me. He actually swerves over to the side where I am, and I speed up, cut round in front of him, and then he's chasing me. Right, mate? He's chasing me, and he can see because we've got the, we we don't have one of those little um fertility sign, those twatty things. Like I've got seven kids on board. We don't have that. We just have a sort of like a little smiley. Uh, shade thing to sort of like you know, say that there's a kid on there but that that didn't stop this this fuck um 
chased me all the way down the road. Um, and I honestly believe, like with these people, there are certain people in the world I honestly would would would, would gather up in, in in Wembley Stadium. I'd hold the annual small dick, fucking inflated opinion, no mate singleton, fucking cock knocker convention, and have all of them castrated, and have them all bunged in there. I'd get I'd get some Russian shop puss putters with the rustiest plies that have been left out in the rain and fucking rip their nuts off, stick them in a bucket, <laughs> back out into society. Because every single BMW driver and the lesser sort of spotted fucking cousin, the more inbred one, the Vauxhall Astra turd driver as well, um, I'm just honestly sick of them. So basically this guy like pulls over and, and, and he's chasing me. We then come up to like the lights and I'm thinking this is going to happen now. I'm going to have to get out and, we're, and, and the fight's going to happen. But no, the lights go green. He's then up against me again. It's getting really, really like full on. My wife's shouting at the side. My son's crying. I'm like, what, what, what what's going to happen here? I, I, so we get to the motorway and he literally tries to stop me. He literally tries to, he zooms in front of me. And then slows down. He's going what like this to me, like his hands up and raising, you know, like that. And, and, he, and he's fat as well. He's got this big fat gooseneck and that shaved round the side kind of like hair, you know. And I just, I swear to God, this is honest to God truth. If I had a gun, if I had a gun and, and I was allowed, if I had the God gun, I would have got out and I'd have fucking blasted him in the nuts. And I'd have thrown his BMW keys, pissed all over him as well, and fucking set light to his car, shoved it down and nudged it back into some dreasy little, like, um, sewerage drain that he should have come from. Because these guys, yeah, these are the sort of guys that you had at school. They were, you know, like I said, like the normally, like the, the, the hairy, acne-ridden, like, fucking wankers that you just hated. They're the kind of blokes that when they're with women, if they had sex, they're just literally pole drives. They're the poor women have about 15 seconds of disappointing nookie in a <laughs> these little fat dick fuckers just hammering away hammering away they lean over go you love that didn't you love fall asleep get into their car and go and piss somebody else off I fucking loathe them they're self-serving Tory voting dullards they live in this vacuum where they smell their own shit and think it's nectar from the gods you pointless knuckle dragging butt plugs to Satan <laughs> fucking hate you and that is my rant. Oh, and the guy, oh, by the way, the guy, once he sort of pulled me over um, and tried to sort of like ram me, he then, I pulled round him to go round. He cut me up and belted it off. And I just wished, I wished that he just belted it off and went straight into a concrete bollard, man. And he flew through the window, his neck's <laughs> and cracks on the motorway and a succession of Honda cars come zooming around with little grannies and they run him over and he's just getting more and more <laughs> mashed and maimed by various different things like, you know, a troop of, of motorcyclists and coming <laughs> over him and all his parts are just flattened across the ground. I what I what about the... Uh, eating sandwiches the... and joints. <laughs> just when he thinks huh? he's getting up. Just when he thinks he's getting up, the marching band comes around. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, and then and, and then and then a, a nice truck comes along. You know, with like <laughs> it's just had its chains put on, and it's just that's now mangling him over. You know, I, I, honestly, I absolutely to put my. I don't mind if it was just me in that situation because we'd probably gone out to the side of the road and probably had a, a, a had it out. You know, but when I've got it's my wife, my kid, and my wife shouting at me that I need to, like, I'm, I'm in this situation where I think I'm not going to let him tailgate me. I'm not going to let him push me over. 
So I hang on to my sort of like spot until I just think, oh, this is ridiculous. I pull over, I give him the wanker sign, and then he's on me. I, I, I just really do believe that, seriously, I would just line these people up and go, come on, we've got a lovely new BMW <laughs> 7 Series, and it would literally be just this empty crate. You know those crates that they sort of ship everything around you know, around the world, this big, enormous crate. I'd then get about 50 of them all crammed in there, all gasping with breath, and drop it in the middle of the fucking Atlantic, honestly. And let's go, right, there we go, evolution. Go forth and prosper. We've got rid of another load of fucking imbeciles off the planet. Fucking hate them. Honestly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, if there's any listeners out there that have the same similar thing. You might not have this in Canada. You might have a sort of big Chevy kind of truck driving like guys. But in in the UK, it is such an enormous stereotype that if any of you guys out there have ever heard of Jeremy Clarkson, who sort of does um, the Top Gear show, he refuses to drive a lot of the BMWs because he absolutely loathes the drivers that drive them. That is how much they're loathed. And I saw a... Um, I saw Breaking Bad, and if any of you guys have seen that, in the second or third episode, there's a guy in a BMW, and I'm watching it with my wife, and we're sitting there hilariously laughing, because it absolutely encapsulates, this is the first series, by the way, in the third or fourth episode, of what BMW drives are like, so obviously you must have them in the state. I mean, do you have them in Canada? Do you have this type of, like, dick? Yeah, well, I I can tell you what I remember a while back. I was driving along, and there was a BMW who came up behind me, and he was tailgating me. And I absolutely refused to move over for him because my, you know what? If you're going to come up and you're going to basically, you know, push and threaten me to move over, if you think tailgating is safe, you know, if you're coming up behind me and I, you know, I see you in time, I got no problems with pulling over, none at all. But if you're right up my backside straight away. You know, basically being aggressive, I'm not pulling over. And yeah. I did that. I just no, didn't pull over until it drove him insane and he had to undertake me. It's just like, well, there you go, you know. Um, I probably didn't follow it up with a, uh, with a uh, wanker sign or giving him the finger or whatever. Uh, I'm too wary now of getting into a, a proper confrontation and having the crap kicked out of me. But uh, And I also figure if you... Well, my favorite one right now is playing the middle-aged driver so that uh, if somebody is annoyed at me on the road, I just sort of just do that, you know, looking, you know, do-do-do. I'm totally ignorant. I think because that can wind me up as well if people are totally ignorant to to their bad driving. So I figure they're probably doing that to me. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll do that to them. I honestly, mate, I, I, I go, these situations happen, and, and, and I'm so glad that I get on the train most of the time, because my wife's now banning me, to banning me from sort of driving, because... Hang on, I think we've lost you. Are we back? I think we're back. So no, my, my, my wife has sort of said, you know, for any long journeys, I, I can't bear you driving like that. And I'm sort of saying to her, it's, it's not me, it's these other guys, you know, these other guys that just tailgate, they come out of nowhere, and they're forcing you over, so then they can go to the next car, forcing them over, and it's just this bullying, simpleton mentality, I swear, I swear to God, the things that go through my mind are what I would do, I was thinking, right, you're in a fight, the first thing I think of, I'm just going to go at him like a banshee, get my thumbs into his eye sockets, pull out of his eyeballs, and then literally bite onto his nose, I'm just going to be, like that. And, I, and just literally chewing through his nose while he screams in, 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 in agony. And then I just boot him blind into the nearest thistled hedge. So that, 
<laughs> he's wandering around. Then he'll stumble over some barbed wire into a cow field, and then he'll be just rolling around in excrement. Go help me, help me, help me. And a cow will just come over and crush him, and then it can look like some mad deranged accident, and I can just merrily go on my way. These are the, see, man, these are the kind of things that go through my head. If I just think, just, just don't do that. Don't. Yeah. Well, what? I, no, and I understand it. I don't understand people's desire. This desire to just get it. I mean, if you're absolutely stinking late for something, you're going to welly it. And I get, and I understand that, right? But just generally in your everyday driving, particularly in your commuting, just to to, to progressive driving, trying to get ahead, trying to be number one, trying to shave off two seconds off your commute. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And I was talking to a friend of, uh, friend of ours a couple of days ago, and she said her boss, he had like a, a pretty big commute up the highway, you know, and he would, in the rush hour traffic, when it was sort of stop-start traffic, he would come off at every junction, go up the slip road, and then go across, you know, the, the road and back down and join the motorway so he could get ahead by two or three cars. Uh, you see, and this is why he needs to go and find a, a, a good surgery and get his penis enlarged because he's obviously so small-dicked to do that pointless, mind-numbingly stupid trying to get the advantage of It's just fuck off. Fuck off and get a life, you small dick. Your little undernourished, malnourished nuts. Go and go... Oh, honestly... It's bizarre, isn't it? What is the point? What is the point? And th- these things, mate, honestly, because the traffic in, in, in England is horrendous. We are so overcrowded. It is, it is stupid. We are all literally being condensed into these, like, these Denzian domes. They're all just stuck into these areas, and they cram more and more of us into them. And the roads are more and more chaotic. But you're not going to get anywhere, and the fight is a pointless one. I'd like them to have hammers that would have all the BMW and the Vauxhall Astras and the Mercedes... And the Porsche Cayennes and all those lot, and they can go and get their hammers instead and just start smacking themselves in the face of it rather than trying to put other people's lives at risk to get one or two cars ahead, which will make no difference to your time. Get up fucking earlier or plan your life better rather than putting other people on a sacrificial slab for your own stupidity. Hmm. Copyright, no, I... Jay Allison. <laughs> <laughs> I know I agree with you. It's bizarre. I, yeah, why put yourself through the stress? I don't know. Just put on some nice music and just relax and yeah, drive and just commit yourself to the fact that you're just wasting your life in traffic. Yeah, you, Once you're ha- you know, you will not sell any more printers or any more <laughs> scanners, right? By 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 rushing there to get to the meeting. If you're late, you should have got up earlier. You know. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. They, they are yeah. honestly. And the other thing, funny thing is. Is they generally are salesmen. Now, I know there are some nice salesmen, and there's some good salesmen, but generally there are also some of the salesmen that do the photocopier salesmen kind of like deals and those sort of like things where they're in there, the hard sell, the estate agents like type, you know, the, the kind of like marketing hard help, you know, they, they, they feel they've clawed their way through the mire to get to where they've got to. Um, and they, they, they carry that competitiveness that they had at school through to, to, to the working environment. And, I, I, and this, is, this is the other thing that annoys me, mate. It's the way you seem to have a police car that just was ready and waiting to come over and, and, and sort of, you know, fine you for, for your car. There are never any police when these guys are undercutting or driving at someone's bumper. There, there just aren't. I would pay more in tax 
for more and more police to be in unmarked cocks, to be up and down the motorway, to getting these guys, pulling them over, giving them six points, giving them another six points, taking their license off, and then taking their prize BMW and crushing it at the side of the road in front of them while they cry into their little fucking hankies. You know. Yeah. But yeah okay. You know, it's, it's, I hear I, you. Yeah. Any any listeners out there that's had similar experience, I, I would like to know, um, because I'd like to start, uh, all BMW drivers are, and it would be a C-N-U-T-S, right? And we'd all have stickers in the back of our cars. So we make you such social pariahs from driving those things that everyone realizes what bum feeders that you are, that hopefully there'll be a change in, in the psyche on the roads and that you lot will calm and drive sensibly, and not try and kill everybody else while you get to do your sales pitch. Yeah. So is your wife going to do all the driving now? I think so. I can't handle it, mate. I'm I'm there sort of getting angry when she's driving with people that are cutting her up. There's a lot of aggression on the roads, mate. <laughs> I know. Actually, have you ever done that sort of thing? I used to do it I, I, with my wife. I haven't done it recently. Maybe it's because the driving over here is better, but I can remember in England when I'd be driving with my... My wife would be driving... And then somebody would do something. I'd lean over and honk the horn. And she'd be like, don't do that. Don't honk the horn. <laughs> no, no, and I, I do the same, mate. She, I'm, I'm literally trying to take over the steering wheel. And she's just sort of batting me off. And I go, look, he's just done that. Look, just leave it. Just leave what you talking No, no, he, did you see what he did? Just leave it. You know what? I think you just need to go into the car, put, <laughs> put some headphones on, blindfold yourself, and just let yourself get to the destination somehow. <laughs> yeah, just have a meditation tape and a blindfold. You're in a nice place now, Jeremy. Yeah. So uh, I read somewhere that Google had been working on these uh, driverless cars. I think it was Google. And uh, they've done 300,000 miles with no accidents, except for a couple of but they were driver accidents, so they said, you know, it's great. The only accidents that we've had are when drivers took over. You know, that, I just long for that day when you can just fall out into your car, press a button, and then just unfold your newspaper and just let the car take you there. I mean, oh, yeah. Just, that is the future. That is. You know. It is. Cause I'm, I'm thinking well, we've got a, a great where we put the dogs in the boot, and I think she's going to start putting me in the back there. There'll just be three faces all pressed up against the, you know, the back window. Because uh, <laughs> at the moment, I, I, I can't really get in the car. I'm actually thinking that public transport would be better, you know, so that I don't have to get involved. Okay. That's a good rant. Thank you. I, I, you I've need- been looking forward to that rant for some time. Yeah, you, well, it's always been brewing, that one. And, and, uh, yeah, and it's fair. I think you could have done that rant even before that incident. Oh, I could so, have done. You know, so it was just, yeah, that was uh, brought to the forefront by that um, episode. But, uh, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. So, yeah, any suggestions what we can do about BMW drivers, please send them. Lots of various different up. things of what you would do if you were in the same situation. Uh, I'd like scripted terms. <laughs> I do actually feel so, it's quite cathartic. You know, when, when you, and I highly recommend it, that when you have a good rant and you kind of just think of what you would do, i getting your, your thumbnails into their eye sockets and biting their nose off. But... I feel better for it. And then it's kind of like, and then relax. You see, because sometimes yeah. you can sort of be in these situations which all, all the time and, and you, you don't sort of displace it. Whereas if you have a good rant, you know, I don't know, I think there should be, do you know at work, I think one of the ideas, you know you have those sort of plastic ball pits for kids. They should have a soundproof room with plastic balls where someone's really fucked you off 
or you've driven in and you've been cut up by a BMW driver or some other bloody minded wanker, you just go in and you just scream and fight the balls and just bite stuff and, 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 and you know, just go nuts in there and then take, take a deep breath, adjust your tie and then, you know, get on with the job. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I always wanted, it, one, I can't remember where we talked about it, one of the places I worked, I really wanted some of those sticks from Gladiators with the big foam things on the, on the end of it, so that, you know, if someone was annoying you at work, you could say, right, you two, off you go, go into the room, into the, big, big <laughs> into the pit, you two, sort out your differences. Do you know, there's, mate, there'd be so much mileage in that. Because in the old day, we would have got swords, and we would have gone out, and one of us would have got killed. We can now do it with health and safety-like measures. Go out there a bat with a big foamy thing, belt someone around the head with it. You might not, you might have somebody who absolutely levers you, but you kind of feel that you gave it your best shot, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, well, look, let's move on to uh, toilet habits at work because uh, you've carved into the, uh, well carved into the hour with that one and, and that's fine, but uh, toilet habits at work. Toilet habits. So I emailed you this week, and I was well, we were emailing each other, and then suddenly I was telling you about uh, my toilet had been destroyed. Where I work, I have my office, and, and there's another office, office opposite my, my uh, room, which is generally empty, and then I have a bathroom, which is pretty much just mine. And uh, one of the guys, an old guy who comes in to do our accounts, comes in every so often. And uh, he came in, did his accounts, and then just, just before he was leaving, I heard the toilet flash, and I thought, hmm, has he just been, he's just been to the toilet before he's left. I hope he's just gone for a number one. But as it turned out, nothing could have been farther from the truth. <laughs> as he had released the four horsemen of the apocalypse out of his backside. <laughs> it was brutal. There's no ventilation. There's no ventilation in that toilet, and it just was wafting down the down the hallway. And oh man, it was just absurd. So I had to pull out a fan out of the warehouse. I set this fan up, pointed at the door to try and aerate it because I needed to go to the bathroom as well. And uh, the other bathroom, like there's another bathroom in the in the place next door, but I didn't want to go use that one. So I was just waiting for my own to be free, my own sort of nest. And uh, yeah, yeah, man, it was just savage. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to confront him and next time he's in. He's just tell him. He, I had no qualms about talking to him about it. I'm just going to say, you can't do that. No. You can't <laughs> talk to him about that. He'd be mortified. You can't <laughs> oh, just say yeah, to him, you can't go back in there, mate. Oh, there's no holds barred where we work. And he'll, he'll get it, yeah, for sure. He might say, yeah. look, I, I, I've actually got um, st- stomach issues, Fraser. I, I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't, you know. He has got stomach issues. But Nobody he's got should... stomach issues. Crikey. <laughs> Nobody should do that. You see, no. this, the, the, I, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason. Um, I used to think, I mean, this is uh, at my work, where I work with a lot of, sort of, for want of a better word, McDonald um, loyalty card holders. And um, they basically go into the toilet and I think they overstrain. And they say when you overstrain is that your, your ass starts to, to, to lubricate um, with a very foul sort of stenching kind of like mucus. Right, that is way too much information. No, but, but this, is, <laughs> this is what happens, and it's, distru- it's like a dog scent kind of thing, and it's so strong. And now these guys are on there, and I, and I'm, I go in there, and I, I, I roll down lots of tissue, and I wipe the toilet seat, and then I, I actually put some toilet tissue so you don't get any splashback from, <laughs> from who's ever been involved, because I'm working with a lot of big men. You know, and I've been in there where literally, you know, 
there's there's snail tracks, brown snail tracks everywhere, all around the toilet and stuff. So I'm kind of like there cleaning it and whatever, and thinking, oh God, so I'm there, and just sort of thinking, right. <laughs> and then someone will just come in, the door will swing open, they just come sing, clank down, and just this. <laughs> and I start giggling to myself, and I'm trying to think, oh god, this is <laughs> and these guys are straining so much, and, I'm, and, and then the smell starts coming, filtering underneath like a kind of like mustard gas, underneath the, 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 the toilet bit. <laughs> And I'm in there, but I'm so busy laughing, and I have to, like, pull up my shirt, and I've got my nose in my shirt, and these guys are doing it. And I'm just thinking, well, there's two things that are going to happen here, and not to be too discreet, but literally, you're going to get piled, because you're overstraining on there. And what the fuck are you eating? What the fuck are you eating? You know, and the other thing I suppose I want to do, and this is terrible, but I want to put an air freshener in there. Would that be wrong? Or am I going no. too, too sort of like, I don't know. I feel that I'm sometimes in these sort of situations and it's a little bit like, you know when, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Calamity Jane, right, this sounds a bit gay, but there's Calamity Jane and she has this woman who comes in and she sort of makes all the house really nice for her and all the rest of it. And I'm kind of thinking that would I be sort of like the little woman who sort of feminises Calamity Jane by bringing in an air freshener? I, I, I've sort of, the smells have been so bad in there that I'm just glad I'm having a piss because I just think if there's anybody still in here who's next door to the guy that's created, you know, given birth to the crack and given birth to this enormous beast, um, I don't know how they can be sitting in there. Honestly, it, it's 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 wrong. I think if you're going to bring in an air, don't be afraid to bring in an air freshener. I would do that, but you want to do it in such a way that you're really. If you're going to do it, go. If you're going to, you know, go the whole mile, do it properly. Bring in like either the biggest air fresheners you can find <laughs> or a box of them, like literally bring in loads of them, loads of them, and put them all over the place and just hang them from anywhere that they can be hung. Cover the place in air fresheners <laughs> to the point where the people can't breathe as soon as they walk in. You've got to go the whole hog. Oh, you're gonna, you can't go clandestine and just, if you go, I'll just put one little air freshener, a little magic tree, I'll just hang that up here. Mm-mm, not good enough. Mate, no. there, there's one guy, and I, he's like John Candy. He's that big. You know, and John Candy, bless him, John Candy was a genius comedian, but when John Candy was coming to his final years, he got that final, bigger, bigger stage. There's one guy like that, and I honestly think that when he goes into the toilet, he, there needs to be a little flip thing that he can put on there with a no-entry sign that people are warned that he's going to be in there unleashing hell in that toilet for that period of time. And then he can put, when he finishes, he just goes, leave for 15 minutes, and there's a little clock time that he can just move the hand to so that you don't go in there. Because you go in there, and you're kind of like, go to the back of your throat, and you're trying to have a wee. And then the, the smell is so bad, it's almost comical, isn't it? You don't know whether you're supposed to be laughing or sort of wincing. And I, I don't know if this guy had it, because I think that obviously he's an old, old guy and you know I was talking about the mucus lubricating the, the anus in order for the turds to come out no no but, no but, no but he has probably got piles mate and that's what that horrible stench is that kind of bum cheese sort of thing you know you know it's just... and these guys and the, the other thing is mate is that these guys they're so fat because they eat McDonald's all the time and McDonald's God bless you McDonald's but this is my personal opinion is that they have sugar in their burgers and stuff, which creates that sort of like the skids. <laughs> Sorry, that 
that's and that's mm. that's why it creates all that horrible like sort of like thing for everybody other to go in there. You know, I, I, it's. I, do you know what? You know how you get like um, you can pay money to sort of go to a nice gym, so you don't have to use like public services. I think they should have an areas where you can just have like you can pay to just have a decent toilet. You know. Yeah. Well, they have those toilets on the streets, don't they, that wash themselves after every one. Yeah, but that'd be a long way to go for a poo, though. You can't just. <laughs> win I don't know by the sounds of it. You, you should make. You should make the effort. <laughs> if this accountant's coming in regularly. You got to be. You've got, but the thing is, you have to diplomatically say, you know, how are you going to, how, how are you even going to broach the topic? How are you going to say, I was there when you did that? He's going to go what? And he's going to think that you probably saw him whacking off in the toilet or something. But how are you going to, how are you even going to get to that stage of even discussing it? I don't know. I'll probably forget, and then he'll and he'll do it again, and he'll do it just. See, he got me because maybe he knows. Because he's doing it, and just before he leaves, and by the time I realise the crime has been committed, he skipped the scene of the scene of the crime. I don't know. The third burglar. Yeah, it is funny. And also the other thing is, I don't know what your toilets are like, but where I work, they are really grim. Uh, there's little shaky locks that you put on the door, and there's just one sort of window that's on, a, on, on on latches that you sort of... That's the air conditioning, is to sort of push that open to get a bit more of a flood of air. So I always try to go to the one that's on the right side so that you've got a constant air supply. But every time I'm in there, and I'm just trying to subtly... So I'm going, <laughs> and then you just get this elephant that just wanders in, straps down trousers, sits your toilet... <laughs> And just literally, <laughs> just literally letting rip. And I'm so, I'm trying to, because I'm normally playing a, a game or something on, on, my, on my phone or whatever, or reading the news on it, just sort of crying with laughter at the, at the sounds that are going on there. And, and I don't know, mate. They're farts and, and all the rest of it, and, and toilet humour. However, um, many times you ever hear farts, still, it's still, excuse the pun, fresh when someone's in there <laughs> doing them and you're just supposed to be in this kind of conservative environment with your suit and ties and you've got someone just in there letting rip, letting Jude Law and Tom Cruise and all those other flits come out their ass. Just <laughs> you know. <laughs> all right. I get it. Although I would say one of the funny things, the thing about that is if you're in a cubicle and someone else is in the cubicle and they let rip, why do I feel more embarrassed about it well, than you have they the probably race. do? Then you have the race because I think someone's going to come in and they're going to think it's me. So I quickly, I like, if I'm there and I'm probably in, in the middle of a game or whatever, and I'm thinking, oh, he's going to finish up soon, but he's left this disgusting stench. I'm like, quick, finish up the game, quick, get trousers, you know, have a quick wipe, do the thing, blah, blah, blah. So you're out the door. So if anybody's coming in, doesn't think that you've left that, you know, mustard gas. Like lingering in, in the thing. You know that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't have any, uh, like I said, just where I am, it's just single toilets, right? So, Luxury. you know, you, there's no escaping. You either are the criminal or you're not. It's, uh, okay, well, that's toilet habits at work. I think we've covered that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to discuss toilet habits at festivals, toilet habits on a plane, toilet habits in an aeroplane um, at an airport, I think we can have a, have a theme. Every couple of weeks, we will we'll discuss various places. Because I always remember when I was younger and you go on holiday, I never used to go to the loo. 
ever. I don't know what it was, but you'd have five days you would never have a shit when you were younger. And I know it's because it's just something sort of, you just became enormously anally retentive in the true sense, but you just never had a poo. And then as I went to festivals and I went traveling and I went to toilets that I had no idea what was mud and what wasn't and, and just trying to survive on one little tiny square, you know, of, of toilet paper and all the rest of it, I've become immune to wherever I sit. You know, I'll, I'll make my little nest to do it, but I'll go in there prepared. I can poo anywhere. And that never used to be the case. When I was younger, I couldn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Onwards and upwards with the quality of the show. Thank you. I've just felt like I was on the couch then, just sort of telling my problems, but I didn't. Did you, did you, did you always get on holiday and you always poo when you were younger? I don't remember ever having a problem, but I know it's one of those anomalies, know, isn't it? Well, I, I remember that I know. didn't. No, I, I know I can go anywhere. Okay, well, we were going to talk about being part of Europe, but uh, time is not on our side. Uh, so let's uh, move on to films and TV, shall we? Yes. Okay. Uh, now, I did watch The Amazing Spider-Man the other day, the new Spider-Man reboot, which... Uh, now, have you seen that? I haven't yet, no. Okay, well, I can either... the same film, haven't they? Yeah, I can either t- I can either spoil it and talk about it, or I can just tell you right now, you know what, just don't see it. I'll save you the bother and the grief. Don't see it. It's terrible. Is it really? Absol- oh, mate, it's awful. Well, the thing that annoys me about it, first of all, was the first 20 minutes, maybe even close to half an hour, is going back over the thing that we've seen a hundred times, which is how he becomes Spider-Man. You know, I don't need that information again. You know, it's just, it's pointless. Yeah, he goes in, he's uh, got a love interest, he likes one of the girls at school, then he goes somewhere and he gets bitten by a radioactive spider, his uncle gets shot, he could have he helped, he could have stopped the killer, but he didn't do anything, and now he feels regret, and then he becomes Spider-Man. Half an hour, how many times do, how many times do we have to get that story? Just don't need it. So that annoyed me. And by that point, I was pretty much done with it. Um, I just didn't think it was that great. The guy, I don't, can, I'm not even sure what the name of the main guy in it is. He didn't really make a convincing Spider-Man. He looks goofy. My wife said that she didn't even think he was at all attractive. You know, um, who was the guy who was before? Tobey Maguire. You know, at least he had a certain screen presence and charm. He was quite, you know, I thought he was really good. This guy, whatever his name is, just... I don't know where they plucked him from or where he ca- where he came from. I, d- I don't know just... why they needed to make a, a remake. Sam Raimi's first film, where the, I thought he dealt very well with that whole thing. I mean, by the third one, they were just chucking in baddies left, right, and centre, and it didn't work. But I, I, well, I it's... Toby Maguire and Sam Raimi, because I suppose the third one wasn't as big a success as the other two, they kicked them off the sort of like job, and Toby Maguire decided not to to do it anymore. So they tried to reboot the franchise by just going back again. But it's not like you're rebooting the franchise 20 years later. You're rebooting the franchise like five or six years later after the original one was out anyway. Yeah, well, we covered it before. And it's this incest, you know, it's just how much can we wring out of this franchise, you know, because they know a certain amount of people are going to see it. And they can hype it up and, you know, we can, if we plough two million into advertising, that will bring in three million worth of people and, you know, and therefore we've made a million. Uh, it's just pointless. It was pointless and sad to watch and a waste of my time. And I give it one out of ten. And that's being generous. Wow. Just dreadful. I, and I fell asleep. I think I fell asleep towards the end as well. So there you go. That sums it up. Ultimate insult, mate. 
I can't even remember how he got rid of the guy in the end. It's dreadful. Did you care? No. Just awful. I think that whole thing, mate, where I already know the storyline on that, where baddie, and they do the little bit of the background on the baddie, and he was like, he was an alright bloke, or he might have been a bit of a shit, and then power comes into his hands, and he exploits that, and that was big, exactly it. They have the big that, fight at the end, and it's like, do you know what? Wouldn't it be nice if he just got Spider-Man and broke his back and then walked off, and he just walks <laughs> off into the sunset? <laughs> I tell you, if they'd done that, I would have been a lot happier. <laughs> it was exactly that. It was exactly, you know, some smart scientist who Peter Parker looked up to and had some, you know, oh, and they've also obviously got a connection. Their parents worked together or something like, you know, Peter Parker's parents worked with him on a project, and this is all the culmination of the pro. Ugh. Spare me. Pass me the gun. Oh, it's yeah. Uh, it's just awful. I don't know why I did it to myself, but it, I did. And, uh, yeah, it was just terrible. So don't go see that. Save yourself a lot of heartache. Well, no, don't. thanks, mate. I, I, kind of, I kind of felt with that, that whole thing that the first Spider-Man was good. Um, the, the, the use of um, Dr. Octopus or whatever his name was in the, in, the, in the second one was great. And then by the third one, they kind of had the Sandman. They had... All, they had um, you know, the, the alien thing that turns him into the black suit that makes him nasty, which I thought they could have really made much better than they did. Um, and, and then when I heard that they were actually redoing it again, some other skinny little bloke. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I think what they've got, they've got to go with these films is they've got to do like the French do in their films where, and they did in, like I suppose, The Wire and stuff like that, is that they don't have any qualms about killing off the heroes or have any qualms just taking it totally left field. And that's where they've got to go with this stuff. Yeah. Okay, so Spider-Man, uh, yeah, not, not very good at all. You did say you started watching Breaking Bad. I've watched the first four seasons of that. Wow. That was great. Yeah. Please don't Enjoying give any that? spoilers. I won't. I've got a memory like a sieve anyway, so I can't remember anything. Yeah, I do. I, I, I really do. I mean, I, I love the fact. I think the guy that, that plays the title the character, the guy was from uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Brian Cranston? He's just great. So he plays frantic, um, everyday man with such a plum and, and he's just fantastic. I can't yeah. stress that. It, it just makes that, that role uh, very interesting. So no, I think, I, think it's great. I, I think it's a wonderful premise. I think the Americans, and I hate to say this, but it's absolutely true, are so leading edge on this stuff that I don't believe you could ever do an English version of that, of that type of like uh, idea of the guy that you know. This is a, and guys, this isn't giving too much away for you to know this, but it's a wonderful premise. The bloke's a chemistry teacher. He finds out that he's got um, uh, lung cancer. I think he's won a Nobel Prize at some point for his sort of finding chemistry. He's a really intelligent guy, but he's got absolutely no money. He's kind of like on, on, on. He finds out he's on death's door and he decides that he's going to start dealing in crystal meth and he produces wonderfully pure crystal meth. But he's got a wonderfully dark side to him where when people fuck him off, he just loses the plot. And like I was talking about the BMW driver, genius. He just loses it. And, and it's kind of like the everyman fighting back. And it's on a very sort of, strange premise where you're kind of fighting for the drug dealer well yeah you know what if we go if you go back and listen i think it was episode maybe the first time we recorded i said told you that i was watching this and it was a it's a real strange premise in that ultimately he's the bad guy but you're rooting for the bad guy in a way yeah 
and 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 then again, you also have even badder guys, so that helps. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's a good well, the show. The big thing about crystal meth is as well is it's a horribly bad drug for people. I mean, it's a real dirty. I mean, obviously heroin, you know, smack stuff like that is is, is horrendous. Crystal meth turns people into quite psychotic lunatics because of the paranoia involved in it, which they kind of touched upon. Now, I haven't seen later on which happens. They might sort of, you know, balance that out. But at the moment, it's, it's, it's on difficult ground at the moment. Because yeah, you are, yeah, it's, you're reading for the everyday guy who is dealing in a very life-destroying drug. <clears throat> yeah, well, it's good. You'll enjoy it. Um, I think the fifth season was out. I haven't seen the fifth season. I don't think it was out. Uh, on Netflix yet, which is where I watched the first four seasons, but it's good. The end of the, I think it's the end of the third season is tremendous, man. Is it on right. Netflix? You see, I'm paying one pound eighty five for each episode on the on the PlayStation. Well, you'd have to check your Netflix listings and find out see but, if it's um, all on there. Oh, I have to. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So I'm glad you're watching that. Well, I uh, think we'll I was actually po- watching it from your recommendation, mate. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. It's good, so we'll cover some more of that. Uh, staying on films quickly, i got a quiz for Jeremy. Can we do a quiz this week? Go on, then. Go. Okay. To, uh, well, actually, I mentioned that we were going to do it. Top ten worst casting decisions. Oh, okay. Well, it's not, yeah, is that sort of a quiz? It's sort of a quiz. Yeah. So, uh, okay, well, I'll just run down from ten to... This is in, in... Well, really, it's no definitive order list or whatever, and I've sort of got, got it together from... Uh, different lists online but here we go number 10 and you'll love this one this is going to set you off straight away Jude Law as Alfie oh. can we can we can we have that as a rant next next time <clears throat> the Jude Law rant yeah can we save that one in because <sighs> do you know what that's another film that was charming in its day even though I mean, it's a sleazebag but Michael Caine plays it wonderfully well and they put Jude Law I just, oh, I, Say that, yeah, terrible, absolutely agree. I should have kept that for last, actually. <laughs> you, but there, I yeah. feel it, the motor going. <laughs> I know, I knew you would. Uh, number nine, number nine, Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates in the remake of Psycho. You are joking. No, did you? Ever, I didn't see it, but as soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound very good. Do you know, Vince Vaughn's a strange character. All I keep seeing him is getting progressively fatter and bolder, but. <clears throat> Obviously, that happens to all of us, but he just plays him. He plays the cocky, tall bloke, doesn't he? In everything. The overconfident dick. How can he play a psychopath? I don't know. I can't imagine. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. Might have to uh, look at that one. Try and find that and watch yeah, it. See how bad it yeah. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Jack Black in King Kong. Do you know, absolutely spot on. Yeah. Wasn't he bad in that? I guess so. I can't really remember, but... Um, he smirked his way through through most of it, and, and he's a little bit like Robin Williams. When Robin Williams tries to be sincere, it, it, it just doesn't work. There's just something wrong there that doesn't work when people that are generally the comedians try to be, try to be sincere. Jim, Jim Carrey's another one. When Jim Carrey tries to be sincere, you just think at some point he's going to go, Alrighty then! Or something or other's going to happen. And you... And it, it doesn't work, and, and yeah, he was not. Yeah, because I know Jim Carrey went off and tried to do serious some serious films. He did that one, number twenty six. Did you ever see that? Was it number twenty six or number twenty seven? Where he's obsessed by numbers or something? Anyway, number two, I reckon he played. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number seven, we uh, Sophia Coppola in Godfather. Three. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, she was. Terrible. We went over that one. I wonder how she got that part. 
know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, number, yeah. Number six, Kevin Costner in Robin Hood. That's an awesome one. Do you know, the funny thing is about that, and test audiences, they actually had to play down Alan Rickman's part because Alan Rickman just stole that so massively off Kevin Costner. And Kevin Costner was so trying to be the good guy with absolutely no decent lines and no charm. Yeah, his mullet is, is just horrendous in that as well. I mean, he's basically borrowed Mel Gibson's haircut from the... the uh, the Lethal Weapon films, isn't it, in that, in that film? Terrible film as well. Dreadful. Dreadful. Yeah. Uh, number five, which takes some thinking, Sean Connery in Highlander, because he plays a Spaniard. Well, that's the strangest thing ever, because he, has, there's a, he plays a Spaniard with a Scottish accent, and uh, Christopher Lambert plays a Scotsman with a French accent. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I don't you know what... I have it's to a good say, film, though. it's a good film. Uh, the the yeah. Queen soundtrack on that is superb. Wonderful film. It's, it's such a shame that they ruined that franchise with just watered-down dribble. Uh, number four, Rosie O'Donnell in the Flintstones. <laughs> the whole Flintstones thing was just bad. It was bad, but there was a lot. Of, I, like, this kept popping up. I saw a few different lists, and Rosie O'Donnell's name kept popping up for the same reason on these lists, was that you had... Whoever was cast in the other roles, and they all seem to maybe suit those roles, when you think of Betty Rubble, it doesn't equate to Rosie O'Donnell, does yeah, it? Yeah, Betty Rubble's quite sexy, isn't she? Yeah, I wasn't going to say it out loud, yeah, but you said it. Well, Tomb Raider, we were discussing this the other week, weren't we, about figures that aren't supposed to be sexy. I mean, let's face it, when they did uh, Frame Roger Rabbit, and you've got, you know, Mrs. Roger Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit. She's, she's sexy. <laughs> Why do we struck down my lightning? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Number three, Hayden Christensen in the Star Wars prequels. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, I uh, was. Well, to be honest, um, that that whole trilogy was just ruined anyway by them just putting on the worst script imaginable of trying to put politics into action. I mean, wh- 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 why don't you just put oil and water and see if you can mix them together? Yeah. Terrible. He was terrible. And, he, and if you notice, he's done fuck all since then. He was shit. Yeah. He's Canadian, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, can I add to that? Another person who was... I know what you're going to say. Let me predict what you're going to say. Ewan McGregor. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Ewan McGregor should never, ever, ever, ever be cast as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ever. Because he did not have the gravitas, the accent, or the acting ability to ever pull off that role of where you've got this mentor. When he's trying to talk in the <laughs> don't, don't, don't. If you're going to cast anybody, don't use American casting. Use people that come from the country and they know the accents because his accent was crap. And his acting is... He's one of those people as well, and he fits in the Jude Law camp, of why do you keep casting him in anything? Stop casting him, he's crap. Sorry, mate. Yeah, you know what? I don't <clears throat> not like Ewan McGregor. I do like him. But he's so lukewarm, I find, in anything I watch. It's like, eh, that's Ewan McGregor. I don't really like him, don't really hate him. Yeah, he's like a flaccid cock, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Uh, right. I'm going to change number two and number one around because I like number two better than I like number one. So uh, next, Keanu Reeves in anything. <laughs> Actually, I thought Keanu Reeves was all right in The Matrix, the first yeah. one. But anything else, he is just Bill and Ted. Come on, he was good in that. Yeah, okay. Well, I just pulled that from the list. Okay, number one. Do, 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 do. <laughs> You're going to love this one. Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. Oh, what? what? Yeah. Uh, there's, Come there's, on. There's, there's much more you could bung in there. Crikey. Probably. But, yeah. He's dreadful. Sharon Stone in anything is, is just, mm. just not worth having in, honestly. No, Sharon Stone was good in Casino. Sylvester Stallone in anything? No, man. Sly's great. Oh, no. Copland. That was good. Yeah, he actually, in that, he was actually, to be honest, in First Blood, he's all right, but everything else. Nah. Dick Van Dyke, well, that is part of the charm of those films, is the fact that he's all called Lawish, like that sort of accent that he was doing, which was so bad. Actually, it's funny now, isn't it? Because you've obviously, you know, for a number of years when you came back and then before you left again that you know the Cockney accent and then how badly they do it Shab George the, the best person that they, they and he's so Cockney that he almost goes to a, a new level of Cockney and who do you think I'm going to say if I said I'm the daddy now oh um, Ray Winston yeah oh well you know what the thing about Ray Winston annoys me is that I was watching a feed of some football uh, from the UK, uh, legally, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they had Ray Winston on there doing bets for uh, doing adverts for uh, betting stores and stuff like that. Oh so, yeah, we have them oh, here. Uh, oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, I know you do. I was watching them. Oh, how did you? Well, I was trying to work out how you no. watch. Okay, we won't go into how you were able to watch. Uh, okay. <coughs> but so. I have to just say that he was doing a, a, an advert for the Volkswagen Volkswagen Transporter, and he was so cockney on it. It turned out you want to be driving the new Volkswagen Transporter. There was no <laughs> Transporter. Literally, just missed off most of the most of the most of the uh, the Transporter bit. And and I've, I've, I became obsessed for days afterwards. Just going. Volkswagen transporter. You will be driving Volkswagen transporter, and just seeing how I could just compress it like it was in a vault. <laughs> at the back. <laughs> um, yeah. Seriously. Well, yeah. I like Ray though. I mean, the thing is about Ray though is he's not great on accents. He was playing um, Henry VIII. He did a, a period piece on on TV, and he was sort of special, obviously being there, you know, grand and all the rest of it. And you could just feel that at some point he was going back to the Volkswagen Transport. <laughs> in some parts. Come here, Apple, and I'll chop you in off a fucking <laughs> I can fit five of my wife's heads in the back of my Volkswagen Transport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That was a good one, mate. That was a good top ten. Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay, I'll get another one ready for next week. Okay, uh, moving on to games quickly. Uh, you've been playing Temple Run, you told me. Yes, I've been playing uh, Temple Run, and then it's one of those games that is, is uh, incredibly simple, but incredibly endearing. You've basically got to run down these lanes, pick up coins, jump left, jump right, slide underneath things, jump over things. Um, 
it's just enormously addictive game. I, I can't stress enough um, that I've gone on. I've gone online and I've seen some people's scores, and they have like five hundred million, right? And I think that there's just no way you must have done got some cheat or something or other or mucks around with the code in the background because I've managed one hundred thirty-seven thousand, right? And I, that's as far as I, and that's me, you know, playing it religiously every day. I play it for about half an hour on the train. Fantastic game. All right. Simple but great. Yeah, I might check that out. My wife just got a new phone, so I think we can get it on that um, if she lets me. So I'll check that out. Uh, anything else? Um, I've been persevering with my, my, my Mass Effect 3, and I have to say that that has its... Has its, uh, it's, got, it's, 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 it's I'm, I'm so used to playing it now that it's got its own little like, charms and whatever. I, I, I just wish that they'd developed it. It's, it's kind of like a poor man's halo in a way. But you can choose your team to fight you. You can give them certain directions. But it's—I just feel that it could have—it could have been. It should never have got the points that it did get. What it should have been done is, we're working on certain areas, and we will develop that. You will have more, like you do in, I suppose, um, various tactical games, where you can tell your your troops to go certain ways and tell them to do certain things. It needs to develop far more on that. It needs to work out on its AI. You can hang back loads and just blast people from around the corner. That kills off a lot of the baddies, um, but yeah, still playing that, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, I've you know lots more Halo Four. I talked a lot about that last week, so I've still been playing that. It's been good. Um, it is good. It's really good. Uh, but I've also been playing a lot of Resident Evil Five because that came on PlayStation Plus, and I really do enjoy that game. So. You know, that's been taking up a lot of my time. And I love the multiplayer, because the way it works is you can start a game, and you can just plow on the game as you like. You just keep going forward, and then suddenly someone something will pop up in, on your screen and say, so-and-so wants to join your game. So you press a button, and then boom, they're in, and they're fighting along with you. And it's just a really... Uh, it's a really... It, pleasant way that they've done multiplayer it's easy you don't get too disrupted by having to set up games or find people uh, it just works and on that note i'm just going to give a quick shout to conrad dude and woolly 26 who uh were excellent partners uh on a couple of games i played because uh it's a really good buddy buddy sort of game where you're helping each other out um you have played it before right oh i have mate yeah no i i, I absolutely agree i think that the great tragedy is that the number six i haven't even sniffed i would have normally been straight down there and got it you know yeah but because the reviews have been so poor about it I just yeah can't well, do it. i'm gonna check out number six because I, th- I as far as i can remember i think number five got lukewarm reception not maybe as bad as six did but you know, and I've still played a lot of five, so I gotta check out six. Um, yeah, and apart from that, I've got. Uh, oh, the other thing I did pick up was a game called well, game, a flight simulator called DCS Black Shark. And in a nutshell, this is the close. You know, it's a simulation, so it's a um, uh, an attack helicopter, and you get in the cockpit, and there's just buttons everywhere. And I can tell you, for two days. I tried to even... Ju- I couldn't even start it. It took me two days to figure out just the buttons I needed to get the engines going. Well, you can come around and try my car. Oh, it's insane. It's insane. So after two days, and I've got notepads filled with notes of the buttons and the checklists that I need to do and whatever, I've now got it down pat. I know how to start the engines of, the, of this attack helicopter. Can I get it off the ground? No, I just crash it every time. It's that, it's that sort of level of simulator that... It's insane. You just 
you know, I, I, I'm going to keep at it, and hopefully at some point I'll be able to fly it. But for now, I just like, you know, do the 50 buttons I need to do to get it started, and I feel happy with myself. So, so I've got that. Yeah, it's it's really in, in it's mental. It's very well done. It's very well done. But um, yeah, game. I wouldn't even go call it a game. I don't know. Well, they're probably using this for real life training, aren't they? On some of these things. I, mean, I tell you what. Yeah, you could use parts of it for training for sure. I mean, you've got everything in there is detailed, like in terms of the communications, the instrument panels. You even switch on. It's got on. This is so nerdy, but it's even got on the. You have a display in the cockpit which is your flight computer, and you turn it on and it runs through a full BIOS of, of, up, you know, of getting up and running. So they actually have the computer within the computer doing all what it's supposed to do. It's mental. So, well, good luck with that. Um, yeah, anyway, I'll keep at that and I'll keep you posted, see if I ever get off the ground. Um, and so that was about it. Uh, I have got some... E- uh, are we good? I've got some email shout-outs to do, and let's get this wrapped up because you're going to have to get off to bed soon. Yep. Um, okay, uh, I had a tweet from Pete Hammond. I think Pete had mentioned um, uh, Cabin in the Woods before that he didn't think uh, that much about it. I'll just read you his tweet. It's easier if I did that. Uh, Afternoon, chaps. Uh, I did tweet about Cabin in the Woods, but hadn't heard episode 12 when I tweeted. I just thought it was awful. I guess the whole plot within the opening first five minutes... I Sorry, I guess the whole plot within the first uh, five minutes... Uh, then guessed the sacrifice bit when they showed the blood, done in r- blood running down the channel. Very derivative and pedestrian once you know it's sacrificial uh, in the same vein as he's a ghost or he's Kaiser Soze, etc., etc. Um, so, and this is the interesting point from him. So I guess it wasn't so much a tweet about Cabin in the Woods, more about movie hype and expectations getting my goat. Thank you, Pete. Nice, no, fair it's, point, mate. It's a very good point. Hype yeah. and expectation. So uh, I think it's difficult that if you do, if you have worked out what where it's going, you know, then then it's kind of ruined for you. I have to admit that I'm obviously getting old and I was ignorant. I did think yeah. obviously there was some obviously connection with the guys milling around and all the rest of it, and but I just thought you know I'm just glad they're actually attempting a, a, a new face or trying to try something new with a very old genre. And I think you know as we touched before, before with superheroes and stuff, you've got to go. To, to a different way you know you've got to, no. yeah but yeah fair yep, point yeah I agree yeah it's a very fair point um, I had uh, we mentioned Skullduggar he was asking about hanging on to your youth we haven't really covered that we've run out of uh, I think we're running out of time but he did say my last grasps at youth are gaming DJing and trying on clothes then realising I look like a twat <laughs> Yeah. So the gaming and the DJing, I got rid of my decks a few years ago, but the DJing one, yeah, I can get, I get that one. Um, so, uh, yeah, thanks for that. Uh, he gave us a shout-out on his podcast, which I listened to the other day. It's a very good gaming podcast called The Overseas Connection, um, and they're all part of a network, which I love, is called Gaming for the Elderly, which I think just suits us down to a T. Yes. <laughs> which I love that, so you should definitely check that out. So thank you, Skull Duggerer. Cheers, man. Appreciate that. And uh, just before we recorded today, I put out uh, a tweet saying, we're just about to record anything that grinds your gears. And we got a tweet from Eastie, ah. who, said, who said, yes, you too. <laughs> God bless him. Uh, God bless the lad, it yeah. Is yeah, he did, he did follow it up and said, I'm just kidding. For me, the X Factor and I'm a Celebrity, uh, plus throw in Rafa Benitez. 
Um, he's going on about Chelsea there, but uh, X Factor and I'm a Celebrity, that goes without saying. In fact, I think we might even have covered that before. We have. We have had a rant on that. Definitely. Yeah, there's no surprises there. And then he uh, tweeted, he followed up with a secondary tweet uh, saying, add in facial tattoos. Yeah, we can cover that. I wouldn't mind doing um, uh, piercings and, and tattoos in general. Yeah, that could have some mileage for sure. So, um, yeah, so thanks, Easty. Appreciate that. Uh, nice to hear from you. Uh, and that's about it. That's about all I have. If you want to send us a tweet, we're on at transrants. Uh, nobody sends us any emails, but if you do fancy sending an email, send it to Fraser at transatlanticrants.com. And Jeremy at transatlanticrants.com. Have you ever checked your email? No. <laughs> no, I do. I've got it on a forward thing, but, you know, I... Think... Yeah. Actually, the Twitter seems to be quite good, because it's quite easy for people to just sort of, you know, just hammer out a quick reply. So, um, yeah, there you go. Cool. All right. So I think that takes us up well beyond the hour. Excellent so stuff. That's fine. I'm glad you got the BMW rant out of your system. I feel so much better. Yes, good. I'm glad you do. Thank you. Um, yeah, good. All right, well, then all, all that's left, I suppose, is just to say thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, the other, one thing I did want to add is if, if you are listening to the podcast and you find this at all amusing and think you might want to listen again, e.g. you think it's good, then please uh, forward uh, the podcast to somebody else. Uh, let them know. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Yes, please. Thank you. Okay, um, it looks like the film that I put on to keep my kids quiet is finished as they've started filtering upstairs now. So I'm going to wrap it up and say thank you very much, Jeremy. Cheers, mate. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. It was good to hear from you. And uh, yes, thanks for listening. We'll try and catch up with you soon.